Longhorn Nation, Sooner fans, welcome to episode 99 of the Boomer Bevo podcast. The only podcast exclusively dedicated to covering the greatest rivalry in college football, the University of Oklahoma, and the University of Texas. I'm here with my man, Kevin Miller. I am John Whitson. Texas, in their very first appearance in the college football playoff, faced off against the University of Washington on January 1st, 2023, or actually 2024, for the 2023 season. They came away with a respectable outcome, but it fell short of the victory. Kevin, have you recovered from Monday? And give us your thoughts. Okay, well, I've kind of recovered, right? It's one of those things, you you know, you have to live with it. You, you learn to live with it. But it'll always hurt, man. You'll look back and, and look at how close they were to stealing that game, right? Let's be clear. Washington was a better football team on Monday. I thought they so. were. I agree. They were, the, they were just they were the better football team and they deserved to win. However, it is pretty interesting, right? That Texas had a chance to literally steal the game. You know, they got all the way to the 12 yard line. And they would have stolen that game, and it would have been one of the craziest endings in the history of college football, at least in Let, a playoff slash championship type setting. Let's jump. Listen, let's skip Let's skip the prelude. There, we're going to talk a ton about this game, but let's skip the prelude. Let's get to that play. Um, I believe it was third down, right? I'm not sure what the down was. It really I don't didn't matter. Depth, one second left on the clock anyway. So One second left on the clock. There had been multiple timeouts called on each side. Right, everybody was getting situated and in position. Great drive by Quinn and, and Sarkeesian to get you to the twelve yard line with limited timeouts. You know, short time. Everything was set up. It's it's all you could have asked for in that particular situation. We'll talk about all the stuff that led to it, but in that particular situation, to get the ball back where you were, to get to the twelve with a chance to win the game, we go to the short side to A.D. Mitchell, it looks like Quinn throws a fade and really maybe unnecessarily, it looks like he throws it just just a ball, or maybe the back shoulder, maybe just in front of A.D. Mitchell. You're potentially talking about a touchdown and maybe a really relatively easy catch. What was going through your mind as the play unfolded? And then what did you see uh, as, you know, happening right there? Yeah, I mean... I don't mind the decision to go to A.D. Mitchell. He's your, you know, he's the one who makes the big-time catches. He can make the contested catches. But, yeah, the throw by Quinn, I thought the pressure was coming. He, I think he panicked a little bit and threw it, and the ball just sailed, right? It went – not only did it go a little too high, it was too close to the sideline. But when you look at the coverage, the DB was actually behind him, and it looked like the whole front of the end zone was open. So had he just drilled it in, maybe put it low – Anywhere else but where it was, I thought it would have been an easy touchdown. And we're having a totally different conversation right now. Do you do you think it was a fade? Do you think it was a fade call? Or do you think it's just the way it worked and the pressure yeah, got I, to him? I think it was I think it was a fade call, right? But you know, for example, if, if Michael Penix is playing quarterback for Texas, he doesn't throw that ball at that spot. He throws it low, he throws it back shoulder. It's just an yeah. experience thing, right? Quinn is still young in his playing experience if it's somebody like who has a little bit more experience they know just to throw that ball just to give your guy a chance 
he really didn't give AD Mitchell a chance there. Which is too bad because Quinn had played, you know, but Quinn, here's the deal, man. I'm, I'm an Oklahoma fan and no surprise to anybody that's listening, but I, I don't want to be critical. I don't think you can necessarily be critical, but this was a typical Quinn Ewers game. Is that fair to say? Like 24 or 43, not super efficient, but not punishing. 318 yards. It's a good number of yards, but not so much on 40 attempts. Only 7.4 yards of completion, or yeah, a completion, and only one touchdown, but no interceptions. I don't feel like he went out and won the game for you. He didn't lose the game for you. He had a chance there at the end. Like I said, he he marched you all the way down. What did you think of Quinn? What did you think of Quinn's uh, performance? You know, I thought it was okay. He was up and down. Um, I don't think the offensive line really did him any favors tonight. We've been pretty good protecting for the majority of the season. I thought Washington was able to get pressure. They sacked him twice, which I didn't think was that big of a deal. But he had constant pressure. It never seemed like he was really able to get into a rhythm. Really the entire night, really until the end of the fourth quarter is when he finally seemed to to settle in, right? I think Texas might have been a little bit surprised by some of the coverages that Washington was doing. I thought they did a really good job of um, filling in some of the passing lanes, and they seemed to have a pretty good read on some of the route combinations that we were running. Guys just weren't getting open like we're used to seeing. Um, I know Xavier Worthy had that bad ankle injury in the um, Big 12 championship game. He did not appear 100%. He wasn't able to get the kind of separation that he gets against everybody. I mean, Alabama secondary, he got separation against. Oklahoma secondary, he got separation against. He didn't have that today, which leads me to believe that he was injured because Washington, respect to their secondary, they play really well. But from a speed standpoint, they don't have anybody who can run, turn and run with Xavier Worthy. He's one of the fastest players in the country. Uh, we talked about one of the X factors in the game. If y'all were going to win the game, you were going to get a big game from Jatavion Sanders. Six receptions, 75 yards. Does that qualify as a big game from it's a good game. your All-American? It's a good game, but yeah. not the type of game that, you know, we were hoping for. I was hoping for one of those seven for 120 type of games from him. He's capable of doing it. We've seen him do it before. Um, I would complain that he didn't get touchdowns because he's a big target. But your running backs delivered with two touchdowns. And then Byron Murphy, of course, the big guy gets to run one in too. So you, you, the, the, the red zone outside of that play, right, where they, where they failed up from the 12-yard line, the red zone bugaboo did not bite you in this game as it had in other games. Y'all were very effective in the red zone. Once you got into the red zone, C.J. Baxter was able to punch it in. Blue was able to punch it in. Murphy was able to punch it in. And then, of course, you had the A.D. Mitchell catch uh, for a touchdown. So I, I thought – from that standpoint, Texas was pretty effective. I thought defensively, though, man, listen, Texas Texas fan tried to talk themselves um, into having a, a chance against this Washington secondary. But, dude, those that's the real deal. Those three receivers – I'm sorry, I meant Texas's secondary yeah, against Washington's receivers. The, the Washington receivers, um, probably LSU in 2019 were better. And I think that, that they were a better group of receivers, but these guys are close in terms of player, uh, a group of receivers that made the college football. Yeah. Playoff. And, you know, again, we talked about this on this podcast since the beginning of the season that Washington had three big time receivers, right? But let's be 
clear about what we saw on Monday. We saw a Michael Penix Jr. masterclass. Okay. In my opinion, this is one of the best performances that we've ever seen in a big time bowl game championship type setting. Yeah. Seriously. I mean, he's always accurate, but he was deadly accurate. He could not miss. You know, when you watch these games, he missed, he, got, he, missed, he missed one pass to a tight end. Remember that? Kind yeah. of over the middle. And the announcers were shocked. I was shocked watching it. I think everybody yeah. was like, man, I haven't seen him miss yeah. all night. So I know exactly what you're saying. 29 of 38, 430 yards, 11.3 of completion, two touchdowns, no interceptions. Yeah. And it didn't help that y'all didn't put a lot of pressure on him. No sacks, Correct. only three tackles for loss. Let me tell you this, though. The scouting report on Michael Penix was this. Okay, he's really good if he can just sit there in the pocket. But what you want to do is you want to make him go to his right because what we have seen so far this season is when he is forced to his right, his accuracy drops tremendously. There were multiple occasions in this game where Byron Murphy particularly got pressure, forced him to his right. He was still able while going to his right, to make pinpoint accurate throws. It was incredible. There was literally nothing we can do. If you go back and you look at it, you know, sometimes it's hard to tell these things in the emotion of the game. When you see all these big plays, you're thinking, oh, my God, this secondary is horrible. They can't cover anything. There were so many throws where our DBs shoulder to shoulder with the Washington receivers. He just puts the ball in the perfect spot where the DBs can't touch it. And some, there were a couple of times the DBs didn't turn their head around. But a lot of times the DBs are taught maybe not to turn their head around, but when you see the receiver react, stick your hand in there and try to knock the ball out. But these Washington receivers, particularly Rome Adunze, does a great job of not – he doesn't give you any indication that the ball is coming until it's right there. He reaches out and catches it. Listen, man, we got him to his right. He, he kept his composure and still continued to make accurate throws. When we did get pressure on him, he was able to sidestep the rush and calmly still make crazy accurate throws. Like I said, it was one of the best throwing performances I've ever seen. Um, the only one to throw for more yards was uh, Joe Burrow in the 2019 Peach Bowl against Oklahoma. Oklahoma was way overmatched that game. We were down three or four starters. It didn't matter. I mean, that LSU team was unbelievable. Um but to your point, in a big game setting where he had to perform, Joe Burrow could have had an average day and they'd have beat Oklahoma 50. That didn't matter. But in this environment, this was a competitive game from the first snap. And he was right. all over. Now, I'll tell you what. I thought that Washington had a chance in the second quarter to put start putting a little distance. Y'all got incredibly lucky with the muffed punt. Um, and it put you in great position to score. And then I think y'all settled down and settled into the game. But did you kind of feel like you kind of got knocked in the mouth a little bit as the game started? Yeah, you know, I thought we came out a little bit tight. And it seems like maybe we didn't handle the time off well. We did not have any type of rhythm offensively. I thought, you know, Sark has a script. They talked about it during the broadcast. How 40, games, 40 plays 40 deep or plays, something. Yeah. Which – in my opinion, maybe hurt us a little bit because it seemed like when anytime we called a run play, we were gashing them for seven, eight yards. But then we go back to passing the ball and it wouldn't work. And then our offensive line 
looked a little bit shaky. We had some snap infractions and, and false starts, just kind of things we hadn't had really all year. So, like I said, it just seems like with the so, with the time off, man, and we just kind of so didn't you come bring, back in a nice rhythm. You bring up a good point. This was going to be my next question for you, okay? So, statistically, uh, we talked about Quinn, right? 7.4 yards per completion, okay? That's per completion, not per attempt, per completion. However, C.J. Baxter and Jaden Blue are 7.1 yards a carry and 6.6 yards a carry, respectively, yet they only got the ball nine times each. Now, I'm not the play caller. I, I don't know the rhythm of Texas's offense well enough to know. But just when I look at that, I think to myself, if I'm an Oklahoma fan and I'm seeing these same statistics, I'm saying to myself, how come C.J. Baxter didn't run the ball 20 times? Like, what's yeah, happening there? Like, I was thinking the same thing. It's, it was it's, working. It's working every time. And to me, that's kind of the problem that can arise when the head coach is also the play caller, right? If Steve Sarkeesian was just the offensive coordinator, the head coach might buzz down to him or buzz up to him and say, hey, through the script, run the ball right now. It's but working. We've, but we've seen this with Sarkeesian. Um, yeah. We've seen this with Sarkeesian. There's a lot of coaches that are, that are the play caller. You see, we saw yeah. it with Lincoln Riley. Yeah, but he, love, he loves Quinn Ewers and, for whatever reason, doesn't want to trust the fact that he's got a stable of running backs and has had him yeah. for years. I and will I, say I, this. But again, I think Quinn played okay. This isn't a bashing Quinn. Quinn put you in the position. You know, it's it, this isn't a bash Quinn situation. I'm just saying, take advantage. If I'm a Texas fan, I'm saying, golly, dude, 7.1 yards of carry? Let's get some more efficiency out of that. Like, yeah, and to me, it doesn't matter who your quarterback is, right? I mean, you guys have Baker Mayfield, who's one of the Heisman. You still have Roddy Anderson, who's running for 200 yards in the Rose Bowl. Yeah. Right? You, you keep giving him the ball. You, you know, he's well, unless, it's, unless it's unless it's fourth and one, and you have a chance to win the game, and then you don't. Well, you know, I'm not trying, I, didn't, I didn't mean to bring Thanks that. Thanks a lot, dude. Thanks a lot. I know, you, I know you're still raw. I know you're still raw from your loss, but you don't got to bring up 2018 Rose Bowl. Hey, man, misery, misery loves company. Enough. Misery loves company. That's why you guys um, are happy to see us lose in the playoffs. Uh, a couple other notes. Um, y'all had two fumble losses. That doesn't help. Yeah, Two. yeah. Let me talk about that, right? I mean, those turnovers. This is really the first time Jonathan Brooks got injured against TCU, right? Having an amazing season. So far, though, we hadn't really missed him because CJ Baxter and Blue were doing such a good job. But they're young, incredibly inexperienced players, and you get those kind of things with them. We needed Jonathan Brooks. I think we would have settled in offensively much quicker if we would have had him. I think Sark just trusts him more clearly than he trusts Jaden Blue and C.J. Baxter. Those fumbles were big, right? The third quarter, Texas fights back in the second quarter at the end. Great drive. They tie the game right before halftime. So Washington comes out. I'm hoping we see some sort of halftime adjustments Nothing at all. It, it, this game was so similar to the Red River shootout to me, right? I'm thinking, like, okay, Oklahoma did some good things offensively, some things that I didn't expect. For example, Dylan Gay, we were running the football. That was just a great counter. Texas, wouldn't, I didn't expect it. I don't know if the Texas coaches did. I certainly didn't. So I'm thinking, okay, well, they're going to come out. 
They're going to have some adjustments defensively. Nope, third quarter comes out, you guys go right down the field and score. Same thing in this game. Washington goes right down the field. It looked e- as easy as any drive they had. It did. It the did. first drive, they hit a huge play, right? Guy had a half a step on our corner. Great route. Yeah. Hold. Jaron Thompson whips Step, on the 70, tackle. Yeah. 77 yeah. yards. Yep. Get all the way down to the two-yard line to score the next play. Okay, big play. But that third quarter drive, that first one was, man, that was demoralizing. They just went right down the field. Easy touchdown. We get the ball back. First play, fumble. Thankfully, the defense held them to a field goal because for some reason, Washington decides to run the ball three straight times. I have no idea what they were thinking with their play calling either. The way we talked about Texas needing to run the ball. Yeah. What were they doing? Why would you ever run the ball if you're Washington? For whatever whatever your defense shortcomings you had in the secondary, and maybe you didn't. Maybe you were just out. You just the better player one. Running game, 21 carries for 49 yards, 2.3. Here's what I will say, though, Kevin. I, I hear what you're saying, and I agree with you. If you have Penix and those receivers, you throw the ball. However, it does when you when you 21 carries keeps a defense honest. It keeps it keeps that rush just a little bit off and keeps guys like Murphy and Sweat and um you know all your big lugs in the middle from being able just to tee off on Penix, right? Yeah. Is it just that little bit? And again, let, let this sink in. They ran it 21 times. And, and only got 2.3 yards of carry. Y'all only run it 18. You only ran it 18 times with your running backs. I I still I still contend you didn't run it. We do wasn't enough. Yeah, I yeah. was saying during the game, run the ball. They can't stop it. Every time we ran it, it seemed like it was seven yards here, eight yards here, five yards here, and it would have helped us control the clock. That third quarter, man. I mean, time of possession in the third quarter. Washington held the ball for 12 minutes and 39 seconds compared to two minutes and 21 seconds. It honestly was a miracle that we weren't down by three scores. Yeah. That we weren't down by 20 or more points after the third quarter. Thankfully, the defense made a couple of incredibly timely stops. We had one first down. We had 34 yards in the third quarter. They had 157. Well, it's amazing. What what's more amazing is not just the score, although that is amazing that you didn't get just uh, that, that didn't end the game right there. Bit, yeah, but is that your defense was not completely give out? Like, yeah, you still were able to make you you were still able to make some stops in the fourth quarter, especially. Yes, they ran the ball three times after the onside, but you still stopped. Regardless, you stopped them. Yeah, you know, and like, he, go ahead, man. I don't know what they were thinking, Washington, on that. You know, we're talking about getting into the fourth quarter when they have the ball with under two minutes. I don't know why they ran Dylan Johnson as opposed to just taking a knee. I don't see what the difference is in running the ball and taking a knee. He gets tackled. He gets rolled up. I mean, I don't know how good he's going to – it didn't look good at all. He ended up getting carted off the field. They got a game next week. Why are you risking your running back as opposed to just – Take it a knee, right? Listen, I really appreciate the mental toughness of Texas, though, in this game. Yeah. yeah. Right? I mean, it looked like it was getting away from them. They somehow fought back and had a chance to win. It sucks that they didn't finish it. But um, like I said, respect to those guys for uh, for sticking wanna, with it. You want to know who uh, – here's a position that we have not talked about all year with you guys. 
okay? Largely because most football fans don't even care about this position. But I saw this guy's stats, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to shout out your punter. Do you see what your punter's statistics were oh, in this yeah, game? Sanborn, he's been good all year, but go ahead. No, I didn't see what they were. Five for 237, 47 yards a kick, yeah. two inside the 20. Yeah, he's good, that's, man. What a fantastic game for a punter. I mean, that's – And we got him out of the portal from Stanford. He's a grad transfer. Oh, seriously? Yeah, he was a grad transfer from Stanford. So is he gone, is he gone next year? We don't have to yeah. worry. Oklahoma um, doesn't have to worry about, worry about that. Him. No. Uh-uh. Listen, dude. Though, let, me, let me just say this. You yeah, know, Texas with, with the defense, right? One thing, I didn't like our game plan. I'm not even sure what we were really trying to do. Right, I would have liked to to try to sell out one way or the other, yeah. either with more exotic blitzes or playing tighter press coverage. I would like to see us got get to the line and just challenge those guys off the line. Even listen, if you give up a big play, what's the difference in them giving up you know a, a long play as them just getting twenty yards, twenty yards, twenty yards touchdown? Yeah, to me that's so- that's more demoralizing. And then sometimes. Some of the third down stuff, I mean, there are times where it's like third and seven, or it's like third and three one time. I mean, we're so far back. The tight end just runs three yards and just stops, and it's just an easy first down. I'm just like, man, can we get a little bit more aggressive there, on these? I didn't have this stat down. What was what was Washington's third down conversion? You know, you know? they weren't great on um, third down. Let me pull up the box score. I, I have it here. That's the thing, right? I mean, the team was great on third down um, overall. Let me pull it up here. I, I think, um, I think Penix, listen, Penix was the best player on the field. And when the best By player far. on the field, when the best player on the field is the quarterback, it's really hard to, it's really hard to lose the game. You know, if your quarterback is the best player on the field, it just, it is because they touch the ball so often. And, uh, you know, your best player, here's the deal like y'all just for whatever reason it was a very balanced attack i don't know if you're yeah. happy about that or not but you know nine carries for baxter nine carries for blue six catches for sanders four for whittington two for worthy four for blue two for baxter four for mitchell you know it was really balanced it but nobody really just offensively anyway and maybe even defensively. Jalen ford had a good defensive game 10 tackles uh, six solo, but nobody just stepped up and said, I'm making this my Yeah, game. I mean, really the best player I think we had defensively was Byron Murphy. I mean, I think, you know, he was whipping. First of all, they couldn't run. And oh, then um, he got pressure. But I think that's the thing, though. Penix was so good. Even when he got interior pressure, Texas got no pressure from the edges. None whatsoever. So even when... Did they put Hill on the outside? They did, did not put him on the edge much. Yeah, he was he was blitzing from the inside. And even if he would get pressure again, he could he would just slide from it. And the thing is, what you see most of the time, if you have just one guy that can win off the edge, right? If you get interior pressure, the quarterback steps to the side, then there's an edge rusher coming at them. That's yeah. when you get the hits or the sacks. We got the interior pressure. He'd slide over. There's nobody there. There's not even a threat of anybody there. Offensive line for Washington was so good, especially at the tackles. Kind of what happened against OU. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Dylan Gabriel was able to avoid that because Texas doesn't have great production at the edges. They were good in the middle. But, again, 
sweat Murphy get upfield, you just slide to the side and then make the throw. So All it's right. kind of these games are very similar. Um, give me your uh, I don't know what what's your assessment at the uh, what's your summation of this game? Like where did it go wrong, and um, what could they what could have what was the well, key? What was, besides just the throw to to AD Mitchell could have been better? Is it you know? Is there one or two things that you have to see improvement for next year, knowing that you're going to the SEC? Yeah, after seeing this team, get, we have to get more athletic in the secondary, especially at safety. Right, we need more athletic passer safeties, which we've had before. We just don't have it now. We have recruited some dynamic athletes at the at that position. We got to get them ready. Derek Williams, a freshman who was suspended for the first half due to a targeting penalty that he picked up in the Big 12 championship game. Yeah. He's the best coverage safety on the team right now as a true freshman, right? So we got him. We got some guys coming in. So that's going to be the biggest thing is getting more athletic at safety so we can cover better. When teams spread us out, we just have trouble with those four wide receiver sets, right? That's what I really want to see. And then – just improvement offensive line had a pretty good year, but you know, they still have some inconsistent moments. We have some guys on the interior that are still just young players that are developing. So I, I want to see some improvement there. I'd like us to play tighter coverage. I'd like us to get up. We've got corners that can press. It just hasn't been the way that they've been played. We play too far off. We play too but isn't soft. That- isn't that every fan's concern? Isn't that every fan's gripe about their defensive coordinators? We don't play tight enough coverage with our core or with our corners. I mean, isn't you know that what? every fan's? Like, maybe, maybe, but I mean, every fan, every team doesn't have the type of corners that Texas and Oklahoma have. Right? Yeah, but are they not worried about? Are they not worried about your corners? But they're worried about your safeties getting beat on the back end. You Perhaps know, not being able to roll yeah. over. No, that's that's a really good point. Perhaps having better athletes at safety will allow us to play tighter coverage yeah. at the corner position. So that's what I'm looking to see. Listen, man, all the dog. My disappointment is about this game, right? As far as our players go, I mean, I love this team, right? This is one of my favorite teams since I've been a fan of Texas football, which has been like 25 years now, right? Two years ago, these same guys, these same core guys were five and seven. Yeah. And to go from no. that to two years of being in the playoff, I'm really happy with these guys. My disappointment is just – with this game because we had I thought we had a legitimate chance to win this game and win the entire thing this year. So well, it's it just disappointing. As an Oklahoma fan, we've seen the gamut of um games that can be experienced in a college football playoff from losses in overtime to complete blowouts. And I can tell you Texas represented themselves very well. I mean this is a this is Washington is a twelve and 0 football now a thirteen oh football team for a reason. They're they're good. That's a good football team. Are they 14 and 0 now? Are they 14 and 0? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're 14-0 going with a chance mm-hmm. for 15 and 0. So they're 14 and 0 having beat Oregon twice, having beat gone through Oregon State and Utah and USC and you know all the stuff. I mean, listen, Michael Pitt. Okay, let me ask you a couple questions. Let's talk about future for both of these teams real quick. Let's start with Texas. Texas, Quinn. Um, I saw some chatter on Twitter right before we started this podcast. Um that there's a little debate on Twitter whether Quinn is A, is coming back, and B, does Texas fan want him back? Uh, that's not that's not really a question, right? They want him back, don't they? I, I'm pretty sure they would want him back. I want him back. 
how do you, I just don't, our archer just isn't ready yet. You know what I mean? You know. Well, if if, if they had any inclination that Quinn was leaving, uh, Malik Murphy wouldn't have gone in the transfer portal, right? No. 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 The, oh, now, here's what, like, say Quinn Ewers yesterday or Monday balls out of his mind and had a Michael Penix-like performance, right? He put up those kind of numbers yesterday. And then we, we would have won. And then next week against Michigan or Alabama, like put up like those a card, like, like Cardell Jones, like he Cardell Correct. Jones did, and just yeah. Went, then went at that point, you have to go. But other than that, it seems like he was always going to come back, and I I expect him to. But you know, I think after the season, it's like you know when you have an experienced NFL player, and after every year they're considering retirement. You yeah. know, I think after you're so tired, you just want to step out of it and just go over your options. I think once he does that, he's going to realize that coming back is the best option for everybody. So it's going to take him a couple of days. After seeing um, what what it's done for a Penix, what it did for Bo Nix, um, what it's done for Dylan Gabriel. Mm-hmm. Um, Jaden Daniels. Jaden Daniels, obviously. I mean, it's, it's going to be huge for him to get another year. Listen, the numbers were fine, but – when we look back, I don't have his season numbers, but his season numbers, Kevin, weren't an elite quarterback level. No, they're, they're a good, no, solid. He's not. He's he is he's not a, an elite quarterback yet. And he had mass massive improvement from last year to this year. I mean, his completion percentage was in the fifties last year. 50, I think it's like fifty six percent last year. Jumped it all the way to seventy. Only threw six interceptions the entire season. Right. But also only threw 22 touchdowns, which is not what you expect. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, I, you know, the, as far as touchdowns, we run the ball a lot. We have a really good running game. But, again, he's getting better. He's going to continue to get better. Right? This is a, yeah. Remember, this is a guy – I know everybody likes to talk about his perfect high school rating. Right? That was on a junior evaluation. Right? Who knows what it would have looked like if he would have even played his senior year. Right. Yeah. I, we've seen guys be five stars after their junior year. And then once they play their senior year, they might drop to a four star. It happens all the time. So when, people, when I hear people say, oh, he had a perfect eval. Yes, that was the junior. Once he decided to go to Ohio State after his junior year in high school, they just kept that perfect rating. Right. He just didn't he didn't play a lot in high school. All this was based on a few games that he played. And his performance at camps, just the way he throws the ball, the ability he has throwing the football. That's it. So well, he's still he's still developing. His best football is still ahead of him. Okay. So, I, I, I hear you. I hear you. I you've always been high on his upside. I'm just I I think Quinn ended up being what I thought Quinn was gonna be this year. Yeah. Right? Like I mean, I would take Dylan Gabriel over Quinn. Yours, okay. I, I, I thought Dylan Gabriel had a better year statistically. Um, you know, the, some of the moments he had over the season. Look, I would take Texas a season. Don't get me wrong. Like, y- y'all, y'all had as yeah. a team, you had a better season. You're well deserved everything you got. I'm not, that's not the point. I'm just saying from a from a quarterback perspective, another year is going to help him. You think tremendously? Yeah, um, I see no reason why upward trajectory won't won't continue. I, I also I think it helps. I think that. 
I also think it helps Texas to have him there. Like Arch going to the like I would have rather had Dylan Gabriel going into the SEC. Like I yes. I just would have. I know that I know that Arnold's gonna be a good player, like you. I know that the upside's there, the arm talent's there. We saw him run the ball. Some of the throws he made against Arizona were great. But you also saw some really stupid mistakes because the kids, you know, it's he hadn't yeah, played he a year of football. Yeah, he hadn't played. So to have another year. year with Dylan Gabriel wouldn't have wouldn't have hurt, but you worry about losing Jackson Arnold and all, all the things that go, yeah. and maybe Dylan was ready to go too. You you don't know. But um, all right. So that's Quinn. That's the story there. So long, r- r- real quick though, to circle back, Texas fan wants him back though, right? Yes. Okay. Number two, Penix. Um, now we have not seen Penix against Michigan, and and this this could change. But prisoner of the moment here, right? Like right here, two days after uh, the uh, Sugar Bowl. If you were the who is it? The Commanders. Who has the last? Who has the first pick? Uh, Chicago Bears team actually because of the oh, they, own Car- the they own Carolina. Well, we'll see. Well, yeah, no, I know, I know. Okay, well, let's, been let, balling out lately, but yo, yo, yeah, yeah, it's just, it, that's a weird question. But it, the the let's just say first quarterback off the board. Let's say it is Chicago. They trade Fields or whatever. Has Penix made a case that he's a better pro prospect at this point than Caleb Williams? No, I don't think so. I don't. I don't think so, man. I I can't see him going over. Williams has been that dude for like three years now. And you know how I love Michael Penix Jr. Have liked him at Indiana. I thought he was incredible last year and this year. Probably should have won the Heisman this year just based on the team success of Washington compared to that of LSU with Jaden Daniels. Um, now, QB2 in the draft? Maybe so. Here's the thing, right? Here's what he has going against him. We know what he can do throw on the football. He's accurate. He's got pocket mobility. He's just a really patient thrower. All that. But number one, he's 24 years old, right? That might turn some teams off. Right? Mm, for a first contract. Oh, yeah, do draft yeah. the first contract. So some I don't know. You're not making, some you're not making be a, turned off by it. You're not making a 10 year agreement here. You know, it's a yeah, whatever the first know, contract I mean, this is. is. I think that's just how these NFL scouts seem, right? To where Caleb Williams is 20. You know? Yeah, Caleb Williams is twenty. Like, I, like, I think we've got to like change our mindset just for a minute. I, I hear you, but if you get again, it's like getting a running back. You know, you're not drafting a running back, even thinking about that second contract, right? Yeah. You're just saying I'm, I'm drafting Bijan Robinson at ten for the next four years. Like that's all I expect to get out of him, and the second contract's a bonus. Now, I know when you expend that much draft capital that you're hoping to get a little more out of that, but to get a 24-year-old adult that has played significant number of games of football that you don't Mm -hmm. have to develop. Now, listen, all that to be said, I was playing a little devil's advocate. I think Caleb Williams is going number one. I think Caleb Williams is really, really good. He's more mobile than Penix. Um, He's got, I think, a better ability to create. But I'm going to say Penix has every bit the arm talent. If Yes. yeah, it's close. It's close. I, no, no, no. I, I think it's it, it's pretty even. The other thing, though, he has going against him is that he's had two ACL injuries, so teams might worry about the durability. Yeah, stuff. that's a bit. I think that's a bigger issue than being twenty four. Yeah, he tore it uh, twice let, at Indiana. Let me ask you this: left handed? Does that throw any of these pro guys off? 
I don't know. I don't think so. I, I haven't heard that be an issue. We haven't had a left-handed quarterback, so, I mean, I don't know who the last one. I mean, obviously, Steve Young was left-handed. Um, I really can't think of anyone. I know there's somebody that we're missing that's probably pretty good. Is, but. Uh, two is not left-handed, is he? You know, he is. Two is left-handed? Yes. Is. Yeah, two is. Oh, two is left-handed. Um, that's a big game between the Bills and the uh, Dolphins, isn't it? I think it is. Yeah. Sunday night. All right. Uh, Washington, uh, great season, Texas. We'll, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more at the end of the episode about Texas and what we expect going on. Um, but let's jump over to the other playoff. Washington will be facing. Um, where's this game at? Do you know, you remember? Houston. Where, is it? Reliance stadium. Oh, that's it's right. Texas. Texas mm-hmm. What am I thinking? Texas was going to have a home game. Uh, Man, listen, the ticket prices for the championship game. I looked at this myself. They were two thousand. The cheapest ticket on Monday, Monday afternoon, was two thousand dollars for the championship game. The cheapest how much, one. How much can you buy one for now? Oh man! Last I saw, as low as five hundred. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's 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 just different in Texas, Kevin. It's just yeah, different. It's just different demand in Texas. Yeah. Well, if Oklahoma would have been even with Houston, I yeah, think same it would have been. Or can you imagine like Oklahoma. LSU? Can you imagine LSU oh in God. Houston? Oh my God, those people are psychotic. They really are. They will. They will literally have fun, more. Have fun down there, by the way. Are you going? Are you planning to go uh, next season to Baton Rouge? I'm, that's the plan. That is the plan right now. My, me and my brother are planning on going. Um, anyway, they are playing Michigan. Washington will be playing the University of Michigan. Kevin picked Bama in this game. I picked Bama in this game. Um. Midway, well, not midway, but throughout the third quarter and into the fourth quarter, I felt like Bama had done Bama things to put them in themselves in a position to win the game. And once they got up, that they weren't going to look back. And I don't know, dude. I was not happy with the way Nick Saban, not just on the last play, which we'll talk about, but how he utilized Milrow. 16 of 23 for 116 yards, uh, five yards of completion. You know what? I didn't get his r- running stats, but I th- they weren't even that great. I, I've got them here. Um, what was his rushing? Um, but it's I just – now. Dude, they didn't get him – they didn't get him on the edge. They didn't let him create. No plays down the field. Now, you don't know as a, as a, as a dude watching it on TV, you don't know what Michigan was doing defensively, but just – None of those dynamic things that Milrow can do, it felt like Saban was willing to let him do it. Well, I'll say this. He was he had 21 attempts for 63 yards. That's not bad. It's not great. What's that? Three, three yards, yards a carry? Time? That is not good at all. But does that factor in? Uh, yeah, sacks? yeah, yeah, sack yardage. Yeah. Yeah. They yeah, and they were all over him. He got sacked six times. I thought. Washington, I thought Michigan was a better team, man. I, I just kind of like what Washington was. Look, I would have taken the win, but Washington was a better team. I thought it was the same way. I thought Michigan was better than Alabama pretty much throughout the game. Now, I know despite the score and Alabama having the lead, I always thought it just looked like Michigan was just a step better. McCarthy was better than uh, Milrow. Listen, I did not I, – I I've been down on McCarthy. I'm still not, like, up on McCarthy. I don't think he's elite either. Um, 17 of 27 for 221 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, you know, he does, uh, but, but he's one of those college quarterbacks that does enough to win games. Yeah. Like, and listen, 
when you go eight plays for 75 yards uh, and he's three for four with a touchdown to Roman Wilson, I mean, that is big time college football legendary stuff. Like that's just what that's just in the yeah. Rose Bowl against Alabama, against that defense, all the credit in the world to him. I did not think he would do it. Um, I, I guess I have to be sold on him now. I'm not sold on him going against Washington though. Um, it, talk about a clash of uh, styles, Kevin. Like Michigan is as old school as they get, dude. Running the ball, defense, plotting, no tempo, just you know, Big Ten football going against Pac-12, spread it out, four receivers, a quarterback that slings it all over the field. I mean, give me your early thoughts on this game, man. You know, this one's hard because. Both teams are really good at what they do. And like you, you just mentioned their styles, right? They both have completely different styles and they are elite at it, right? Michigan, they're so physical up front on the offensive line. Washington is so good throwing the football. Here's the difference, though, between Michigan and Texas when it comes to facing Washington, right? Texas issue, obviously the coverage was an issue, but I think a bigger or just as big of an issue was the fact that they couldn't get pressure from the edge, right? Yeah, Michigan's Michigan, not they're not going to have that problem, right? They, I mean, they just completely whipped. It was the opposite. You remember back in the, in the, in the 2000s, anytime a Big Ten team, particularly Ohio State, would play in the championship game, against a team from the SEC and the SEC defensive line would just obliterate their offensive line. Yes. Right. It was the opposite here. Yeah. Alabama's offensive line was big and they were slow. And Michigan is the one who had the better athletes. Did you see, did you see, did you see Bama's uh, centers already in the transfer portal? Yeah. That poor kid, man, that poor kid. I mean, listen, he had a horrible game. He had a horrible game, but I heard he's been getting death death threats from Alabama fans, things like that. So, first of all, the Boomer Beaver podcast does not condone death threats. But if I was going to go burn a coach's house down, it would probably be Tommy Reese for that call on fourth down and goal from the four yard line in overtime. Was that the worst single play call you've ever seen? What in the world was that, dude? And also, from what I'm hearing, that that it might not have been a draw call, but Again, it was a low slap, uh, a low snap again from the center, and it threw off the timing of whatever it was supposed to be. Yeah, and he also tripped over the lineman's leg too. Well, it was just a complete disaster all around. It was bad. If, it was it a, just, if the call was a quarterback draw, I mean, it's just the, the dumbest thing you from the four yard line. I mean, no, I mean, you if you're gonna run, like, okay, so like, so like, put put themselves in the position of Texas where you're at the twelve. And you've got Jalen Milrow, right? So you've got to score a touchdown, whether to win the game or overtime, right? Like same situation we're in. If if that's Alabama and you have Jalen Milrow, I mean, call me crazy, but a draw is not the worst play because they're going to drop coverage. You know, maybe yeah. he can. There's some room to maneuver. Who knows what happens? Yeah. Um, but from the four, it's just too congested. There's just, yeah, especially exactly. without, especially with Michigan. I mean, it's just. Yeah, it didn't make sense. It was stupid. just like it was so deflating to see that see it end like that. <laughs> oh man, yeah, I just can't imagine being a Bama fan and, and, and seeing that in real time because, like uh, I said, the Texas Saban, one was 
frustrating for me. But man, I if that would have happened, oh man. Did Saban get did was this the first time where you felt like an Alabama team didn't look prepared? Like or maybe it was just all the center, but they had a Listen, lot of penalties. No, and- it, this whole this Bama team, man, this was one of his greatest coaching jobs because honestly, this team, when you look at it, they had no business being in the college football playoff. I'm not saying they didn't deserve to be there, but just okay, easy. Don't tell Florida State. Who well, here's the thing. They deserve to be there, but they they didn't belong there. If that makes any sense. Right? They I mean, with their backup quarterback, what were they gonna do? And I'm not even yeah. talking about the Georgia result because they had oh, twenty yeah. something several yeah. key starters missing. But no, man, I, you don't want to see if Florida State would have played, you would not have had these two classic games that you had um on Monday, right? You don't think so? But, you don't think Florida State you don't think Florida State hangs with Michigan? Well, so, a, a full Florida State, maybe not. I guess the problem is Jordan. Not with uh, the backup quarterback. Yeah, Jordan Travis. Yeah. But not without Jordan Travis. Nah. Yeah. Uh, Rodemaker, man. I don't think so, man. They had a think Michigan would have ate him alive. I don't know, dude. They, they, well, they, they ate Mil- destroyed, they Listen, destroyed Milro, man. They ate Milro up, dude. Like, they really did. You know, but what's interesting about it is it's a real similar game. Actually, Milro played better against Texas than he did against Michigan, didn't he? He did. He did, yeah. And the thing is, man. If you look at this team, like where are the stars at on offense for Alabama? The, oh, okay. So I went to write down like um, stats just now, like before we started. Obviously, you know, just do a little prep. I was going to read off, and I'm like, these stats are terrible. Like I'm not reading. Yeah, two catches yeah. for 22 yards. You know, and, and like, like it was, it was bad. It was bad. Yeah, because like and at least Cor- at least Corum went 19 for 83, 4.4 yards of carry, uh, had a rushing touchdown and a receiving touchdown. Uh-huh. Um, you know, Roman Wilson yeah, looked Roman, good in the yeah. in the fourth quarter. Four for yeah. seventy three and a touchdown. Correct. But no, Bama yeah, but this not. is what we expected from Michigan. Like Michigan had a Michigan game; they played their game. This is nothing out of the ordinary. But like, if you're Alabama, I mean, McClellan, he, fourteen for eighty seven. He had you know that one thirty four yard touchdown that was really nice. But man, they don't have any star players on offense anywhere. McClellan has been a solid player, but he's not a star. They don't have a star running back or a receiver. And when have we seen that really over the last decade? Ever since, you know, uh, Nick Saban decided to start really opening up their offense. Yeah. When he brought in Lane Kiffin. We haven't seen okay, if, this, if, this little talent at the skill if, position. If both teams play their game, just for, for a point of reference, the, the spread is four and a half to Michigan. Four and a half, uh, Michigan uh, giving four and a half. If both teams play their game, it sounds like you're leaning Michigan. I think I might be because I feel like you could run at Washington and Texas just didn't take advantage of it. Well, that's dude, listen, dude, that's been sorry. We've talked about that for two years on this pro on this podcast yeah. with Sarkeesian. He is he is adverse. It's like he's too smart to run the ball or Correct. Like his play design is going to be better than whatever an eight yard run is going to do. And it's like, stop, dude, just run the ball. Yeah, I'm telling you, man, I think he had that, that script and he just stuck to a script. He didn't want to get off script. The running game was there. And I think for Michigan, I think it'll be there. I mean, it, when they ran the ball on first down, it's just seven yards. Easy. We're pushing yeah. these guys around. Is uh, Michigan's back end significantly better than. Um, Washington, then Texas. Hey, well, let me ask it a couple different ways. Is Michigan's back end 
secondary significantly better than Texas. And comma, have they faced anything even close to this Washington offense? They haven't, right? And you would think when you hear Ohio State, you think no. dynamic passing no. offense. They have not Marvin Harrison and a quarterback to transfer. Right. Those no. other those other guys did not step up like we had hoped. That I at least that I had hoped. Emeka Abuka didn't have the elite type of season that his talent warranted. The other guys, Carnell Tate, still very young. So we saw Marvin Harrison, and and like I said, Kyle McCord was not great for them this year, especially in that game. So no, they have not faced anything close to this. Um, you know, I think. Washington might be trying to see what TCU did last year. I know it's a different year, different team, but they're hoping that they can have that type of performance, really spread them out and find some one-on-ones and make some big plays. It is a really fascinating matchup. I'm taking this is Washington. More, way more conflicting styles than um, than the Washington-Texas game was. I'm gonna, I, I think I'm going to take Washington. Um, I think I'm going to take Washington, and I'll tell you why. I think they've got a, I think they got a chip. I think the best player on the field is is still Michael Penix. I think he is really, 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 really I good. I and completely agree with that. I got to tell you, dude, Michigan, at least Texas had faced Oklahoma, you know, yeah. that could put some points up and Alabama. But, you know, yes. Yeah, so they got tested with Alabama and Milrow had a better game. They got obviously beat by Oklahoma, but tested too. Like, here's the things that we got exposed on we need to deal with. Michigan – I mean, Penn State, Rutgers, uh, who they play in the non-con? I'm going to look at Michigan's schedule real quick. Oh, yeah. They, yeah. Their, their schedule was weak. Very was, weak this year. I mean, Iowa was the number 20 team. I mean, come on, Iowa, stop. Yeah, Mich- yeah Iowa, I mean, come on, man. They're, they're not even a threat to score. Okay, let me look at this. All right, you ready? Let's hear they it. played East, East Carolina. Yeah. UNLV, come on, Bowling Green, Rutgers, Bowling Nebraska, Green. Minnesota, Indiana, Michigan State, Purdue, Penn State. Listen, Penn, did Penn State win their bowl game? I don't know. No, they lost to Ole Miss. You, come on. Oh, they, they can't keep yeah, up. That's right. No, they couldn't no, they keep up to Ole Miss. Maryland pushed them 31-24, 30-24 to Ohio State. They blanked Iowa 26-20. I, listen, I, I agree with you, and I could be wrong, and I might I might be wrong. This isn't I'm not like this isn't like my pick of the year or anything. I just I like the dynamic offense that Washington brings, and I think they're good enough defensively, like good enough. So like Oklahoma would always roll out an offensive team and be terrible defensively, like not just not even close to good enough. Where this Washington team, dude, some of those dudes were rolling for them. Yeah, like that the the Luna kid or whatever number the number eight or whatever. Oh, Braylon Trunks. That's that who it is. Oh man, yeah. dude, he was the edge player. Yeah, we couldn't. He was we couldn't great handle him, for them. He was really good. And, you so, know, he was good against us last year. Remember, Washington beat us in the Alamo Bowl last year, and he was good then too. So we, we still haven't figured out how to block him. Apparently, are you rooting for Washington? Or are you rooting for Michigan? You know, no, I'm not rooting for anybody. To be honest with you, mm. you know, I just. I'm just going to watch as a college football fan, but, you know, I got no beef towards Washington. I don't know if I'm necessarily rooting for him either. Uh, we went 51 minutes without talking too much Oklahoma. A couple of updates. Uh, Woody Washington is staying. Um, he is uh, um, 
going to come back for what I think is maybe his sixth season. Uh, there's some chatter by OU fans. That this isn't a good thing. I think this is a great thing. I think you need as much help in the secondary as you can get. When you can have a five-year starter and one that is good as Woody Washington, you take it. You've got 85 scholarships. If one of those is Woody Washington, I think this is a no-brainer. Now, did they make like some promises to him? I, Kevin, I kind of doubt it. I really do. I don't think they're making promises to anybody. I think they're saying, hey, every shot, every spot's there, but dude, you are a really good player. And um, I don't think he was the reason the defense was struggling down the, down the stretch. I think it was uh, Gentry Williams being hurt on the other side. Um, and I, I just, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm happy about this Woody Washington news. Yeah, this will actually be a six-year. He was class of 2019. That's crazy. Crazy. Well, I think he's played five yeah. years, but see, he gets that free year in 2020. Yeah, so it's like year. a free year yeah. of football. Uh-huh. Yeah. I, I mean, we're going to see. But you're going to the, um, you're going to the SEC. Dude. Yeah, but you're going to the SEC. Yeah. You need, I mean, you, you, this guy was a lockdown corner uh, for, for most of the year. In the back half of the year, the entire defense kind of struggled. Again, Gentry Williams, Stutzman hurt a little bit, whatever. Um, but going to the SEC, a third year in Brent Venable's defense, just having that knowledge there of what the system is. I mean, I, what are we talking about here? I think this is a no-brainer. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm so very excited. You got Dizzy Williams back. You have Billy Bowman back. And who else? Who's um, Peyton Bowen. You got Peyton Bowen. You got DeSalle yeah, McCullough. Yeah. I imagine Harrington's back. Is he? Does Justin Harrington have any eligibility? Another so. cheetah position. Been there that long, is he? You got Kendall Dolby. You got Kanai Walker played quite a bit. Dolby looked good at the cheetah. There's, I mean, I just think the secondary is going to be in really good shape. Again, another year under this Brent Venable system. Um, I like them. The the young guys. Uh, I talked about him before, but Jacoby Johnson out of Mustang is big and athletic, and he was a late enrollee, um, and so he's going to have a full year in the system to to push. Um, guys in that secondary. So no, I mean, but again, I, I think you, you, if you have a Woody Washington, you, you take him. Um, yeah, I, I agree. Know. I mean, you know, you need that experience out there going into this new conference, man. Oh, it's going to be crazy. Yeah. Um, Kevin, last time I checked, I think the Thunder were, were losing to the Hawks. Yeah, I think it went that- final. I think they lost a close game. 141 to 130. They did come back. But they lost one forty-one to one thirty-eight. Wow! Yeah, and they gave up. Well, they gave up seventy, I guess, in both halves. But that means they scored eighty-five in the second half, or something. Yeah, they they see. um, It's like uh, seventy-nine. They scored seventy-nine points in the second half. Uh Well, what was so crazy about it was uh, so I was listening to it on the radio is. They had like 23s. They were like 23s in the first. No, not in the first half. That's That would have been crazy. Some like 15 threes in the first half, and they were still down 20. Wow. Like they were filling it up from the from the three-point line, but they were just down for whatever reason. So to hear they come really, back, that's pretty impressive. That was a back-to-back I mean, back after a big correct. win. Yeah, so big win last night. That was a fun game uh, last night, by the way. Oh, yeah, dude. Anytime you beat the Celtics. They've got to figure out a way that the, the NBA has got to start flexing some games, though, so that the Thunder are coming up on some of these national broadcasts. 
There's no reason yeah. why we're not on TNT or ESPN ever. Yeah, it, I'm curious to see how that goes in the second half of the of the season. Well, the, dude, they are knocking on the door for number one in the West, and I don't know that they've had – have they had one TBS or – T? I mean, TNT or ESPN game? I think they've had one or two so far. Well – Maybe one of those city games or something, but they're listen. I'm I'm really enjoying watching them. Uh, who does uh, who does Texas open up Big Twelve play against in basketball? Uh, Texas Tech this Saturday. They're both ten and two. It's in Austin. It's in Austin. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Okay. Let's see. Oklahoma plays Iowa State Saturday. Uh, Oklahoma is still ranked number 11th, Iowa State unranked, and then they'll play TCU. I don't care where Iowa State's ranked. They always give Oklahoma a hard time. So does TCU. Uh, two uh, two weeks from Saturday will be at Kansas. So that will be Oklahoma's last chance to win um, in Lawrence uh, for the foreseeable future. Um, so that's that's a game to keep an eye on. But we'll be back before that because we're gonna we'll break down the we'll break down the national championship game. I'm guessing, right, Kevin? Yeah, for sure. Kevin, then, uh, you know, we'll probably do a nice little season recap for both teams. Talk about what we liked, what we didn't like, compared to our expectations, and you know what we're expecting, what we're hoping for, looking forward. Yeah, we need to do that. We need to do the recap, and we also need to kind of uh, reevaluate where the transfer portal is, especially by the end of this. Um, you know, you see guys like. Like I said, like the Alabama Center and stuff, there's going to be guys hitting the portal still. Um, I guess even though portal closed yesterday, there can still be names trickle out. Yeah, I think it's like a five day extension for guys who are playing in the playoff or something like that. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, we'll do that. But we'll do a recap of the. Well, I'll tell you what, Kevin. What do you want to do? It's January third. You want to do a preview show? Or you want to do a recap? Let's we'll do a recap, right? Yeah, we'll do a recap. I think we talked about it enough here. To I think so too. I think so too. Um, Kevin. Also, uh, Xavier Worthy, Texas receiver, um, declared for the NFL draft. So shout out to him for a great Texas career. Um, yeah, dude. I'll just never forget. I'll never forget the 2021 where he ran straight at me on the first playoffs from scrimmage. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's been a long time since we had a guy like that who's come in as a true freshman at that position. True and freshman just, and like, I'm the guy. Catches a swing pass and was absolutely gone. And there was yeah. nobody that touched him. And we're talking as a true freshman. Um, up until Caleb Williams taking the ball and Kennedy Brooks. I always talk about Kennedy Brooks. But Xavier Worthy was one of the – he was one, two, or three best players on the field that day. Uh-huh. He was – For sure. And he stayed – it wasn't just the one play, dude. He stayed dynamic. Yeah, pretty um, sure at 263 yards receiving yeah. in that game. In a losing effort, by the way. Losing effort. Losing effort, for sure. Mm-hmm. Kevin, um, congratulations to Texas on a pretty good season. I know that you're going to be a little disappointed um, and think about that final pass for probably years to come. I mean, I think about certain plays for years and years, but that's okay. Hey, you know what? The thing is, and I'm, this is, I'm not joking. I'm not being funny. I wonder sometimes what it's like for a fan base that never gets to experience even that. Correct. Exactly. You know, like, for me, it's nice to play in games that matter again. Yeah. It's been a long time, so you know you got to right, take dude. that if you want to be a great program. It's part of the deal. Listen, I don't know about you, but I'm starting to feel pretty good about the SEC. I'm just starting to feel yeah, good about too. it. 
I'm starting to feel good. I, I feel good about where we're at. Um, y'all are going to lose some players, but I, I think within your interior lines and stuff, you're going to be able to hang us at the skill positions. Um, running backs looking good for us. We'll, we'll talk all about it, but the you know, I just, it, you know, what sucks about this is it's the end of college football for this year. We have to wait like another 260 days or something crazy. Yeah, it's it just man. sucks. It's a, it's a long it. time. A the long season went by so fast and it was so fun. But yeah, we'll do a recap after the national championship game. We'll recap that game. Uh, you got Michigan and I got Washington. Is that what it sounds like? Yeah. Okay. I like it. I'll yeah. take Washington. Kevin, have a great night. Boomer. Okay.